never seen a lame man walk Never heard a dumb man talk Never seen a blind man see I promise you a pain can see Never seen a cancelled death Never seen all the poor get fed Never seen a prisoner set free I promise you a change What's up, everybody? Hey, how you doing? I'm your boy, Bigger T, coming at you for the Big C and Bigger T podcast. And I've got with me my co-host, as usual, Clint Shannon Clark. How you doing, Clint? I gave you time to say something this time. Look no, at me. You told Bart. Well, I was thinking you were going to skip everything. You told Bart. I know. See, I was, I was, I was, I was being so, nice. Look, with your own podcast. And then, look, folks. Okay, I'll come back. We we bring in our we bring in our experts every now and then, and we got one with us again. Had him on a few weeks ago. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that podcast or watch it, you need to go back and check it out. But Bart Reed from Pure Sweat Basketball, Arkansas, the man. It's basketball. He knows it. He knows lots of other things too. How you doing, Bart? Good to have you back. Good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I I enjoyed it the first time, and I'm. Dying for a second chance, so I'm yep. ready. Bart, I got some hard hitting questions. I got some hard hitting questions from you. Is that wall you have right there as soft as it looks? So it is really soft. So I just my wife, I just so my wife is really handy, so I can't do anything. But my my father in law like. two boys got two girls, so she plays floor. She does all this stuff. So I have my little soundproof room here, so no dogs barking and. Got a little memorabilia behind me, so it is soft. It's uh, nice. but I've got this fancy microphone. I've got to figure out how to get it hooked up here. But yeah, this is my little area. Kind of like it. Nice. it. It's pretty. It's it's pretty cool looking. I'm I'm jealous. <laughs> it's not very big, but it's but it's it's suitable for sure. It works. I've got a go. bunch of feminist propaganda behind me. My wife's a feminist. Hey yeah. man, I'm 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 checking out the background. Like I see. I love it. I, I'm a big background, but I say, is that is that the Corliss Sports Illustrated? Travis yes, sir. Me? And the okay. National Championship <laughs> Special. Okay. Special one. So both of those, and then that that album is the guy that's our our music that kicks us off. Sean Michelle. He's a okay. He's a Bryant guy. So uh, nice buddy of mine. So yeah. Well, Bart, man, it's awesome because. We live in a world where we can talk basketball year round. Yep. And 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 that means things are good with the Razorbacks, right? Sure. But before does. we do that, we want to bring you as part in a you know, it's your second time with us now. So we want to bring you in to some of the regular stuff we normally do. And we have what we call the holy shnikes moment. Holy shnikes, Clint. What happened? What happened? Well, you know what? I, I I was I'll be honest with you. I just kind of watched the headlines, uh, but apparently there was an all a full blown altercation between number one overall NBA draft pick Victor Wimbaya. I'm probably butchering that, but we're gonna go with it. And Britney Spears. We all know Britney Spears. She yeah, went crazy on social media. Hit me Very, maybe one more time. Woman's off the rails. Yeah, and I love it. Anyway, that's it. but apparently there's a big altercation. So you figure Victor, he's going to follow in the mode of David Robinson and Tim Duncan. Never hear anything out of him. He's the next great, quiet, number one overall pick. Nah, fight with Britney Spears off the bat. <laughs> From what I understand, she saw him and went to, like, tap him on the shoulder. And his bodyguard... Okay, look. He's seven foot five. <laughs> yeah. Can run like a point guard. 
<laughs> yep. Do you Does need that need serious of a point of a, of a bodyguard? Like I understand having a guy around you to kind of buffer to kind of keep things, you know, yep. keep everything copacetic, you know, kind of. But do you need a that aggressive of a guy that he's going to be slapping Britney Spears when she tries to tap him on the shoulder? Well, listen, so I did a little research, and I hate to butt in. The league oh, is actually dude. making the league is making him do security because he's that big of a deal. So I don't even mm. think him they apparently can't keep people off this guy because he's so <laughs> world famous hey i i've just watched him play a little bit he's good. bad to the bow he's good man i mean if, I if there's anyone that fits the title unicorn it's him it's him yeah it what, is him. Where, yeah where's the world coming to i told my son he's projected i don't know he's He's in the sixth grade, and they said he might be, I don't know, 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, six, what does that mean anymore? Because these guys are so big, really big. And, yeah. and, and for the people that haven't, so Joe Johnson came during my stretch, and so Joe and I would have some really great battles on the court. Joe was not a physically dominant guy, but until mm -hmm. you saw him, my wife is like, holy crap, he's so big and he's yeah. so strong. And so that, but that's an average looking guy, you know, for the most part, average looking guy, people say, yeah. Oh, look how small Steve Nash looks. He's six, four. Yeah. Steve Nash is six, four. So yeah. Yeah. you got centers uh, coming or guards coming from overseas at seven, five, watch out. Yeah, that's right. Now out of curiosity, have you, obviously it might, I'm probably butchering that. Wimbaway, is that how you say it? What's well, called? Well, yeah. Yeah. Just call him old Victor. Old Victor. Old Victor. Like, have you watched, How good is he? He's good. Because I mean, everybody's like saying this is, this is the next guy. Like, like, like every day, like LeBron. LeBron was the guy, and there hasn't been another guy since. Is this? You mean you know what I mean when I say that? Like, yeah. my guy Magic and Larry were kind of the co-guys. Is this the next guy? So I'll say this. When I was in D.C., when I was a youngster, I was 99. That was Dirk's first year in the league. And we were walking up and down the streets. They had just built the MCI Center. Some guy flags me and a buddy down and says, you got to get tickets. The Wizards were terrible, but Jordan had just taken over. Hmm. And they said, you got to see this German guy. He's unbelievable. He's the next Larry Bird. And I'm like, whatever. And I go and see him at halftime. I'm telling my buddy, this guy's better than Larry Bird. Like, because Dirk was seven foot. He could do stuff. Yeah. This guy is dirt good, like, right now. So, like, not dirt good six, seven years in the league. Like, he's that good right now as a youngster. When he puts on some weight and gets in a system with good players, man, watch out. Because this you know, guy – Mark, I, 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 I literally – I've never seen anything like him. It's unbelievable. I, I, don't know, I don't know who to compare him to. Dirt's a good comparison, but – he plays. He played point guard. He, that's Dirk exactly right. Like that at the at the. That's right. He's dirt, but jump he's shot. five inches taller. Yeah, well, and, and I was watching highlights of him the other day, and somebody was did one of those step back threes that you can get off pretty much any time you want, and he's playing off, and he can tip the ball. You know who that was? I know. I can't remember no. the number three pick. Pick Brandon, Brandon Miller. It was Brandon Miller. That's what I was just about to say. That was Brandon Miller that he threw a – he blocked a freaking three-pointer on. Yes. <laughs> the number two pick, Brandon Miller. Oh, yeah, was he two? Okay, yeah. Two. Yeah. He probably should have been three. I'll take a scoop. But him and Nick are together, and they played summer together. Yeah. But that's that's exactly right. That's Brandon <laughs> Miller who absolutely made Arkansas look like a bunch of fools this past year. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah, now now they did make a decision with with old Victor, and I'm just curious if you agree with it or not. But they basically he played the first summer game and looked looked mediocre. Yeah, yeah, and then but and you know that's one of my gripes. I remember when Trey Young come out and he had a horrible first couple summer games, and they yeah. were trying to say he was a bust. I'm like, it's summer ball. Mm. It's yeah. It's you know, they, but that's the 24-hour news cycle for you, you know, where they just yeah. got a field time. But Well, and he's just it, learning his teammates. I mean. Yeah. And they're putting a minute cap on him, guys. They're playing him because they yeah. got to play. Yeah. But they're telling him, believe me, 
don't go out there and get hurt. That's well, what they shut, they shut him down. They 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 did shut him down for the three. Yeah. So you so I guess you agree with that decision. Shut the man down. One hundred percent. Because that guy's the one thing that he's susceptible to, and all those guys are injuries. Everybody's susceptible to injuries, but a guy that tall and that young mm-hmm. to take the pounding he's about to take in an NBA season. Now the Spurs have been historically really good at resting players and load management, but you can't put that guy any more second one tick on the clock that you don't have to. Yeah, yeah. Now, so, now to, to get us back to our holy stikies. Okay, yeah, that's right. I got you. This buddy, on. this bodyguard may have saved us. Okay, because Britney Spears could have those Madonna-like powers. Yes. Over men, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. And the next thing you know, oh, the next thing you know, old V Dub is marrying himself in a wedding dress like Rodman did. Okay. That's exactly right. <laughs> so when he messed with Madonna, that that turned. I mean that that was kind of the start of Rodman turning even a yeah. little more weird. Okay. So that bodyguard may have saved us from some future holy yeah. Nikes moments. <laughs> Exactly right. So, so now you mentioned it earlier that uh, Charlotte drafted Brandon Miller number two. Yep. Now, later on at pick number 27, they've got Nick Smith. Now, um, I said on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that I thought Charlotte 100% won the draft. Yes. So I, I mean, obviously you take Wimby number one, but I'm like having Brandon Miller and Nick Smith on the same team, and I, and I think one of the Ball brothers is there and he's the best one. But this is um, is Lamelo. Lamelo, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and he Lamello, he's really talented, really talented. They've got, I think, with Brandon Miller, Nick Smith, and and Lamelo, they may have what it takes to actually turn a franchise around. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and I was telling Travis, this is the type of draft that can turn a franchise around. If Nick Smith is anything like yep. what what you say he is, what I think he is. And you pair him with Brandon Miller, and apparently they've got a lot of experience together. Yep. They, they without a doubt, got themselves a steal. And I'll be honest, being a Nick Smith fan or just being a fan of basketball in general, it gets really nervous in the draft room because this is how stuff could happen. So me and my son, we, we were set to go out to the draft. So we were going to be out there and be with Nick and, you know, I just, with the certain way things were falling, you could just kind of see it. So let's think about how hard it is to get drafted. Nick's agent's LeBron's agent, okay? One of the one of the five horsemen, four horsemen. Like, if LeBron just signed a $92 million two-year extension and Rich Paul is LeBron's best friend and they're probably going to buy the Lakers, they're looking to buy a team. Mm-hmm. And you can't sway enough juice at the Lakers – to have them to take Nick Smith, which a year ago, if you'd have told them they'd have gotten 17, they would have been Christmas come early. It's, yeah. but they take a guard in that position. It's not like they took a center. They took a guard. They just didn't take Nick Smith. Mm-hmm. Guys, when he dropped past that threshold, which I think was a hard stop, I thought LA would have taken. I said for sure Brooklyn takes him at 21 or 22 because they have back to back picks. Mm-hmm. Boy, it gets hairy in a hurry. But I can tell you, Charlotte's like, man, we hit the lottery all over again. Getting yeah. Nick Smith at 27, you paying $12.5 million over four years. Guys, that's a steal. Yeah, That is a steal if he stays healthy because he is a lottery, really, let's say, let's be honest. If he didn't come back to Arkansas, he maybe is the eighth, seventh, eighth pick. He's probably where Anthony Black is. Yeah. And signing a $32, $33 million contract. So they got a steal. Charlotte won the draft. The question for them is, Brandon Miller, did he warrant not taking Scoot Henderson, which I would have taken Brandon Miller. I think he's a super talented guy. Uh, but, you know, Nick almost went to Alabama because Brandon was there. They played summer basketball together for three years, so they're tight. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, this is, I'll break it here. If Nate Oates tells Nick Smith, senior that Nick's a starter Nick's probably goes as an Alabama uh plays at Alabama instead of Arkansas and Nate Oates to his credit said I've never told a player that I think Nick will start and be a star 
but I've never told a player that. So Nick goes to Arkansas instead of Alabama. And so, but they end up together and, and Charlotte did well for themselves in the draft for sure. Now there's been some changes in Charlotte's ownership, correct? Yep. Jordan's stepping down. Stepping down. He's a mind work. Have those been positive changes you think? I think positive changes, and guys, this is the problem, though. And and I'll say this, and I'll and with a lot of due respect, because I was I was talking to Isaiah Joe's getting ready to have a camp, and Derek Joe Isaiah Joe's one of my one of my favorite people to talk to. There's a reason why Charlotte is struggled, and a lot of it is everything rolls downhill, so it's top down leadership. So they've changed that over. So there are some people taking over a, a, a group. Michael Jordan is still staying on in a minority, a small minority owner. So he will still have a small, small stake in the business. But I think Charlotte needs to do a couple of things. They really kind of need to look because with LaMelo ball, that's a talent, but man, guys, they've been at the bottom for a while. Like you yeah. got to start looking at, and I hate GMs. Like you got to start looking at that stuff. So yeah, yeah I think, some changes were needed there for sure. And that, that's a huge part of these guys, you know, I mean, I, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan in football. Yep. It's they, they, why have they been so bad for so long? Ownership, bad ownership. ownership. That's it. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, you know, they've had some good players at yep. times. Yep. Um. So Anthony Black goes to Orlando. What do you think about that? Great, great spot for him. And Anthony Black has proven, guys, what big guards provide in the league. And you can look at his first outing. He showed just signs of greatness already. Big guards get out of bad situations better than smaller guards. He can Mm -hmm. pass out of trouble. He can make late decisions. 17 points. What I think he gets is he seven rebounds. Five assists, I've got it. But just played tremendous and showed signs of why they drafted him that high. And they were high on him. And as you saw, Anthony Black continuously moved up that draft board. And I think what is going to serve him really well, he's got a frame to handle day in and day out. Talking about Joe Johnson earlier. Reminds Mm -hmm. me of Joe with that frame. Yeah, He's going to be healthy. The best ability is availability. And that is the one thing, as much as I love Nick Smith, I I worry about Nick's durability because he's had some injuries. But mm-hmm. Anthony Black is going to stay healthy, guys. And, yeah. and he's going to be a difference maker. And Orlando has done really well in the last two years drafting as well. I was going to say, so they, they have some good young, Yes. They got some good young talent around him also. So, yep. Yep. both both those, both Smith and him, I think, both got in some pretty good situations. Yes, absolutely. So, A.B.'s first game, 7 of 10, 17 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Now, how's he doing on turnovers? Well, he had some turnovers. And this is what – so, he had six turnovers, and I think that was the lion's share of what they – when I watched Nick play the first time, he had four turnovers almost in the first five possessions of the game, God. That's what – when you get to a situation, the NBA is a high pick and roll league. Always mm-hmm. been, and I think it always will be. When you get those high pick and roll, there are decisions to be made. Yeah. And those guys are used to making late decisions, not sloppy decisions, but late decisions, you know, where you can kind of get away with, can't do that at this level. So it's a speed of the game kind of adjustment, but really in ball screens and decision making. They can handle the separation and all that other stuff. So they'll tighten up over time. I think that's not going to be a problem over, over the long run with Anthony Black, I don't think. Well, I got to watch a little bit of Anthony Black um, the other night, and he did some of the same things he was doing at Arkansas at times. He gets he gets down. He's and he does a good job of keeping his head up, looking for the yep. open man. But he's so tall, he's dribbling the ball way up high. High. Yep. When he does that, and guys just come in and scoop it away from him. Yep. And they did. They were doing that. Uh, I forget who they were playing the other night. I was watching uh, a game, and they did it to him at least three or four times. So yep. it wasn't necessarily – I don't think he's necessarily the type that makes bad decisions on passes. Right. I think he just gets and – I, and, I and I don't think he's getting – he's not getting lazy with the ball. He's just so focused on finding that man that he's, yep. he's standing straight up 
being as tall as he is, that's a lot of travel for that ball. And a, and a quick guy can come in and just knock it, it away. Yep. Or that's so when, what I've seen anyway. Yes, agree. So when coaches say, get low with the basketball, because you hear that all the time, right? Get mm -hmm. low with it. Look at Anthony Black and Jason Kidd. And really, Steve Nash, man, those guys dribble straight up. Yeah. They have a lot of hand force. They drive the ball. Now, they can get low when they need to get low. Yeah. But I love to watch Anthony Black when his head goes up immediately when he gets the ball. And what we now classify as a scoring point guard generation, which is what we're yeah. in. Point guards don't pass anymore. They score. So, it's nice to see a guy with his head up. And I, and I think he will be able to – to tighten those little bitty things up. But for a guy one or two games into his career, it's not bad going 17-5-5. and five. Oh, yeah. Even with the six turnovers. Well, and some of the problem with that, Bart, is if your guys aren't moving. If yep. you're and that's what that was that's what was happening at Arkansas when he when he would give up turnovers like that. He would have his head up. He'd be looking for a guy to be cutting to the basket. And yep. everyone's standing outside around the three-point line. Yep. You know, if you're if your guys aren't moving, you, you got no one to pass it to. You know, you no one to look at. You know, he's standing up right. All right, boys, come on, let's go. If yep. they'll start moving yep. sooner in the offense and start cutting to the basket, because that's what to me, that's what he's looking for. Yep. He's looking for those guys to get into motion and spread the court and yep. And that's why I think Jordan Walsh and Ricky Count. I think all these guys are gonna be better. Nick Smith as well offensively and that's why I was light on Nick not light but not as critical because of his stats because Musselman coach Musselman as great as he is in a gene his offense can get stagnant at times mm -hmm. and it's a very typical kind of one-sided offense where you have a lot of action on this side and then this other side is not doing a lot they're just standing and kind of waiting and there's nothing wrong with that that's 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 just the offensive philosophy yeah, but in the uh, in the NBA where you get action on both sides, you might have a C action cut through the corner. You're doing something on the offside, mm -hmm. and so I think that's why you're seeing Jordan Walsh score the points that he and Ricky Council had the success. There's more movement. Mm -hmm. It's not just isolation and play, which is what guys we had that with Note. It was like let's watch Note play, get deep in the shot clock, and let's watch him make a spectacular play. Yeah. Was a lot of our offense really. Yeah. Even before we had the five stars coming in. Yeah. That's right. Clint, did you have something you were oh, no, no. trying so, to get in? Well, no. Uh, what What are your thoughts on Jordan Walsh? Because he was the third razor back off the board. He's uh, a star. He's a star. He's an NBA star. And, guys, you talk about franchises. Clint, like, he went to a great spot. Oh, yeah. You go, when you go to the Celtics, man, like – that's it. Yeah. That's that's where upper management gets it. And it's just kind of like I read the article about him. It's what I've said on my teams when I coach teams. And I had some high-level teams for a long time. And I would say this. I won't take you out for missing a shot, but I will take you out for not taking a shot because yeah. it messes the whole flow of the game. When he passes up on the corner three in his first, they told him, and the coach pulled him aside and said, dude, you can't do that. Like, yeah. You have to take that shot like it messes. And so now he's freed up to play. So he hits four to goes four for six from the three point line. He has 18 points, what, 18, five and two. So yeah. that's a stellar game for him because he, you already know defensively he's going to be a lockdown defender and yeah. give you that Bobby Portis type effort. But the court yeah. opens up in the NBA. As crazy as it sounds, people are bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. Even that little bit of the three-point line, once that moves out just a little bit, court opens up, so he's seeing more space than he's ever seen Yeah. before so on think, the court. So you basically think Jordan Walsh, is, his game probably equates better to the NBA than oh, college. Yes. I think him and Nick both, I would put them both in that category. Mm -hmm. The court opens up for them, and their games are very, very, very kind of downhill – and then catch and shoot situations, not really shooting off the dribble as much. So I think it's perfect for them, both of them. Good deal. What about uh Ricky Council? What are you what are you seeing out of him? So yep. So Philly, so he he did just what pretty much not 
just what, but like Daryl Macon signed a two a two way contract with the Mavericks, and so when I trained Daryl to get ready for training camp, I you really get comfortable with going with a two way guy, so an undrafted two way guy. So there are very limited two way contracts in the NBA. Each team gets one two way guy, mm-hmm. which basically, long story short, means. If you bump them up, they're down at the G League. If you bump them up for so many games, they get paid according to the NBA minimum. So you can, so Ricky Council can make some real money. If he makes mm-hmm. the roster, he makes the league minimum. If he gets called up, doesn't make the roster, but gets called up, he makes NBA guaranteed money. So it's a big deal to be on a two-way contract. Yeah. So he's showing, I think, what he brings to the table is natural athleticism. Now, my man Isaiah Joe, when we got ready, he got drafted by Philly. So my man, Drew Hanlon, who I work under, trains Joel and B. So that's a little situation that I kind of know the little bit of the ins and outs. That's a tough spot for a guard to be at. Mm. Because when Isaiah Joe was there, it's like, hey, man, look, don't take a bounce unless it's under 15. It's shot clock, buddy, because the ball's going inside to Joel. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you got the MVP, you got to do that. Yeah. But what Ricky's doing is making a lot of stuff happen off the ball steals. He's defending, he's blocking shots, but he's being really aggressive and he's got a wide range. I think he can shoot the ball. He can shoot the ball okay, certainly a threat to shoot, but he gets to the hole and he draws contact and finishes through contact. Mm. So I think he's in a good spot. It seems to be gelling really well because he's put up some big numbers in the games that he's had at Philly and really making a case, guys, to make that roster. I think he's good. got a chance to make that roster. Good for him. Yeah, you know, another you know, one of the teams has got a couple Razorbacks on it. Um, seems like there's a there's a bus that goes from Fort Smith to Oklahoma City. So <laughs> yeah. OKC Joe's got is back at, at OKC. Yep. And then you also got Jay Wheel. How do you how do you see it going for the Thunder? How do you think them two are gonna see a lot of minutes? How are they looking in summer ball? I do, man. So I'm really impressed, guys. So Jalen Williams, I'm re- I've I've watched him play in the summer league. He looks really good, and I like it how OKC makes the even their two year guys play in the summer league. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. Some some teams don't do that. So Jay Will looks really good. I think he's progressing. Oklahoma City for a skilled guy like myself that really focuses on skill, they take a lot of pride in player development. So Sam Presti's the GM there. So they spend a lot of time coaching their guys up. And for Isaiah Joe to go from Philly where he got limited minutes, guys, they're talking about him being a potential starter, certainly a six-man. And I think Isaiah Joe will compete for six-man of the year in the NBA this year. That's how much a change of scenery will do for a guy. And so wow. he's at the Isaiah Joe's at the end of his contract. He's set to make uh, $3.4 million this year. So Oklahoma City has a chance to really show what if how much they like him and sign him to another contract. I yeah. think they will because he's guys, he's an elite level shooter, no doubt about it. Yeah. And I think Jalen Williams is doing exactly what they thought he was going to do, and his jump shots getting better. I think both of those are in a great spot and close to home. Yeah. And the ticket people are driving from Arkansas to watch them play. I promise you. Yeah. The yeah. ticket sales are there. Yeah. No, a hundred, a hundred percent. Now, now you said something interesting. No, you said Isaiah Joe. He's in his, he's in a, you know, his contract year. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, he gets to the point where, like, not only OKC wants to sign him, but hold so do a whole yep. lot of people. How yep. much of a factor is it if you're Isaiah Joe thinking about like, okay, I don't want to go to a team like I had with Embiid, where the ball's got to go inside. How much yeah. of a factor? How much of a factor does that play in his mind? It's big. It's yeah. big because now you're going from to to be really young in his NBA career. He's been in both spectrums where he's in a situation that really he got limited time and just limited role. It's not that Isaiah wasn't productive at the 76ers because man, every time they put him on the court, he was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just the system was really because you had Harden there too and. Man, just the ball just didn't flow. I think besides money, of course, system plays into it. But I'm saying besides money, I think if he had more money, he would go to a better system. Now, of course, everything gets relative to what that threshold is. But he really likes it in OKC. They like him. Listen, if they're going to come with the system they got, they're freed up to play. 
if they offer what I think is fair market, I think all things being equal, he would love to sign at OKC. Again, his family, Isaiah Joe's a real family guy. Their Joe, his mom, his dad, they've lived in Fort Smith, his brother. Like, man, that's not very far. You don't get very yeah, many chances yeah. to do that, you know? No, not, right. many, not many people get that. Now, one, I did have another NBA question for you. Sure. I know. Um, so, what were your – I watched the NBA Finals, and, man, I, I was so impressed with the teamwork of the Denver Nuggets. It just – I was like, the, if – and a lot of people had like to hate on the NBA, but – if you wanted to see a team that, in my opinion, played the game right, watch the Denver Nuggets. It, it was the best yeah, team I think I've seen in a long time. Yep. And if you didn't get to see it, Clint, Travis, that was high-level basketball. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the average fan was really that tuned into it, but I can tell you my wife and I watched that, and she was watching – We were the Lakers. They were playing the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And the Joker – goes from center to handling the ball against Anthony Davis, who for us being Arkansas fans at Kentucky, Anthony Davis is a spooky great defender. Like, spooky great defender. Man, Joker is wearing this guy out. Off the dribble, finishing, then they take the guard from Kentucky, he's posting up, he's a point guard, and to the average fan, like, it was really great basketball to watch, and Man, how good is the Joker? That's how great Joel Embiid had to be because that's who he had to beat for the MVP. Yeah, yeah. Statistically, two of the best centers that have ever played the game to ever put on shoes are in the league right now. Yeah. And it was fun to watch. I'm with you, Clint. I I love watching the Nuggets play. Well, I did like how the Joker was like, I don't want to go with the parade. I want to go watch my horse run. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's like he's like he's like he's not really. I mean, he's just living just like eh. I mean, yeah. He didn't look happy at all. He's like, eh, job's done. I want to go home. <laughs> I know it just looked like he just showed up like five minutes to the arena, yeah. and he's like, I'm just gonna go put up thirty and fifteen and yeah, that, go home. No more not. Now you know Dennis Rodman did did as he sometimes does, which was put his foot right. He puts his foot in his mouth on occasion. You know, he made a comment that if Larry Bird was playing in today's age, he'd be playing in Europe. <laughs> Dude, I, I wish they would so get off this. Like, him and Isaiah Thomas have already been through this once. Don't you learn a lesson once before? Yeah. Uh, Larry Bird is an all-time great. Doesn't matter what yeah. time he's playing. Yeah. Uh, you don't get guys like that. Yeah. that are inside-outside talented guys that can shoot the ball and finish and then show up with that assassin type because people don't realize how much of a dog oh, Larry no. Bird was. Man, like, he was definitely, in the fight-or-flight world, he was definitely a fight guy. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I still remember when he took the choke Dr. J out, and I remember my dad was a huge Dr. J fan, and, man, Larry wasn't put up with any crap. And he's no. out there talking trash. And so Larry Bird would be an NBA all-star in this time and 20 years ago and 50 years ago, like in, in 20 yeah. years in the future. Yeah. I love to get on YouTube and watch people tell like their Larry Bird stories. Yeah. Like he's like, was it Sean Kim? He goes, Hey, you're the one that broke all my records, in Indiana, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like drops 50 on him in three quarters. Called yeah. Now, I mean, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, definitely, Larry. Larry, he's a Larry legend for a reason, and uh, he could do it, you know. And sometimes it looked like it was in slow motion, but sometimes the slow motion gets all them, the great look like they're in slow motion. That's when you yeah. watch them on TV, they're mm. like, "Are they not moving?" I'm like, "Yeah." Like Luka Doncic, he's moving. His footwork is just that efficient. Yeah, his skill level's that high, and their strength is that profound. Where when they bump, people bump off them. And they're the, they're that much smarter than whoever they're going against. That's exactly right. All right. Now, Bart, we uh we kind of hit the NBA. Um, yep. Let's hit talk a little. Let's, sorry. Let's talk a little Razorbacks. Yep. Uh, the Hogs, you know, kind of flew under the radar. I, I don't guess there's a lot of other stuff going on with the NBA and 
the NBA draft and everything. But Arkansas filled another roster spot with a guy from uh a, yep. I guess a portal guy from Memphis, correct? Memphis. Yep. Came yep. from Anthony Hardaway's uh yep. team. Tell, tell us about him. So Chandler Lawson. So it looks like the Razorbacks roster is set. Uh now we can officially say now there's some reports about Bayfall and so I'll say this. There were some academic issues with him as far as going on campus. There was the whole, is he going to Auburn? If Listen, it was never an Auburn issue. It's an academic issue. So if mm. he fills those requirements, he'll be on campus. So the roster looks set. And then we had this one spot. And Coach Musselman goes and gets a really talented guy, Chandler Lawson. So he's a 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, he's a long 6'7", six, or 6'8". And I mean long. So he – works as a kind of inside-outside defender, but protects the rim really well, especially when he's guarding threes and fours. Mm -hmm. He can almost come from a rotational shot blocker side, get his hands on a lot of balls. But what he does, I think that we've missed in the last two years, man, when this guy gets it inside the paint, he finishes. Mm -hmm. And even though he's slight and thin, he plays through contact really well. So he can go up and finish with either hand, so his numbers don't eye-pop at you from Memphis because Memphis had a lot of talent with Penny Hardaway there. and mm -hmm. So right around six points a game, I think four rebounds. But this guy is, when Coach Musselman is great, I think probably the best in the business at looking at a roster and saying, okay, I have a center fielder, I need a third baseman. Mm -hmm. Well, Taylor Lawson's a third baseman in baseball terms, to take it equivalent. Mm -hmm. He's not the home run hitter. He's not the flash he feels a specific need, and I think with the pieces that he has in place, he got him another winner, Good. and the Razorbacks are coming in with what they have in place, staying, the transfer portal, and then the two freshman signees with Lane Blocker and Bay Fall. And this team is set to go maybe deeper this year, guys. Scary to say, high expectations, but yeah. this roster is loaded, even losing what we lost. So you think Bayfall will eventually be on campus? I think he'll be on campus. I don't, I don't, I don't, yep, I don't. When we were going through the whole, try to say, merry-go-round, when we were, were we going to get this center and that center? I think when you're Bayfall, because he's a 6'8", 6'9", but he's kind of, he's slight, so he gets pushed around a little bit. I don't think if we got another interior type center where he mm. might have like a Ron Holland, because mm -hmm. I think the Ron Holland issue, seeing if he was going to come on campus. Mm -hmm. I think now that Ron Holland's not there, Bayfall steps in. I think he comes. If he takes care of his academic, he comes. Listen, he's a draftable five-star, four-star. He went to McDonald's All-American. I know his stock kind of dropped a little bit. But I think he's on campus. He's not going anywhere else. Like, he meets all his requirements. He's a Razorback. Good. Good deal. Um and then I guess the other freshman's blocker, right? Layden Blocker. Layden Blocker, and he's point guard. Really, really good. And so Blocker's another guy that – so I started work with Layden the first time he was in sixth grade. And so we worked several years. So I was with Justice Hill during that time. They were both at Little Rock Christian. Layden was the young guy. Mm -hmm. And so I always felt like Layden was going to be a star because he just had a really high basketball IQ. And – this is a kid that when I trained at the Wooten camp, so the Wooten camp has the top 150. So that's really freshman through sophomore. Like we had Honor and Terry on were there last year mm -hmm. and late there. We've kind of missed that six, try to say it, that Corey Beck 6'2 physical type of guard. Mm -hmm. Clint McDaniel in your face, physical guard all the way, hip to tip. So Layton is that type of guy. And nice. it's, First day of the Wooten camp where it's kind of drills and stuff. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, I see it. He's he's a five-star guy. The second day, guys, when people were tired and the full court kicked in, I thought that Lane Blocker was the best guard there because of his hmm. physicality, his dedication to fitness, and just his burst, overall athleticism and downhill burst. And, guys, mm. we've not had a true point guard in a long time. I, I don't oh. care. We, we've had some great ball handlers. Yeah. We haven't had a true point guard. Lane Blocker is that true point guard, and I think he's really somebody that Razorback fans are going to enjoy watching this year because he's extremely talented. 
is he a like a vocal leader on the court? He he can be kind a vocal a coach, coach on the court sort of guy. He's a coach on the court. I won't say he's necessarily like Corey Beck in that regard, but certainly has some of those or Kareem Reed, but has those qualities where and stepping up, and I'm not a huge fan of Arkansas players leaving and going prep school. Okay. I'm just mm. not, I don't needs to be done. I think that benefited Layden this year because he got challenged day in and day out in practice. And I think yeah. that helped his leadership skills when he went to Sunrise. So I think he's certainly taken on some of that role. And that's really going to help him because that's what Coach Musselman's going to expect from him. See, that to me, that's one of the things I think we've missed. Yes. Um, I think. I think the closest thing we had to that, and he wasn't the most talented guy out there, was Jimmy Witt. Yep. Whenever, you know, uh, Musselman's first year. Yep. I think he was an extension of Musselman on the court. He was an older guy by then. He was mature. He understood what Musselman wanted, and he was able to kind of keep everybody, you know, focused and together. But I think we've, you know, I think that's what the team missed big time last year. Big I think time. I think Anthony Black tried. I think Devo tried. I just don't think they're wired like that. Yep, they're. I, I think Black can be. I think I think down the road because he was showing some. You know, they had him mic'd up the game I watched when he was at uh, at Orlando yep. the other day, and and I think he's gonna try to. I think he's gonna he's gonna become that. But he was only 17, 18 years old. That's right. That's know. right. That's right. And technically. Even though he's an alpha dog, he was not even the biggest alpha dog on that team because yeah. Nick Smith was on that team. So That's that right. was kind of – and to your point, Travis, I this is the biggest disappointment, another one of my guys. K.K. Robinson was a guy that we spent so much time in the gym. K.K. was this close before mm-hmm. he got his injury the his freshman year, and you could tell he had some games. Coach mm-hmm. Muscle was getting ready to handle that ball to him because he was a true point guard that could really get in you and defend and could do a lot of different things and had that experience, and then he gets hurt. And then he comes back and is behind the eight ball. So, man, I'm with you. And teams, chemistry and having a point guard is a real thing, guys. There's no stat for it. I'm telling you, in terms of wins and losses, it's still a tangible thing. So, I think this helps. And that's that's why when um, uh, Ford – you know, I I was kind of hoping Ford was going to be that guy. You know, yep. And that, that's why it kind of hurt when he left because I was kind of feeling like, well, maybe he's going to be that guy. You know, and yeah, yeah. Of course, now we, you know, he's he's still got a chance to be that guy at ASU. But I hope he does it at ASU. I, yeah. I think KK can do it at UALR. So it be yeah. fun to see a different capacity. But certainly, I, you're right. They both have that quality to it. Now, didn't a lot of work like other SEC programs? reach out to Darian Ford. Like I remember hearing like his offer list was like a nightmare for Razorback fans. Yeah, for sure. And, well, yeah. Well, everybody wanted him because this is a, so it, going back, if you rewind it back a little bit to uh, when D Ford was a 15, you guy. So that was my first year to train at CP3 and, he, and CP3 had all the rising, they call it the rising stars, which is after your freshman year, they take all the top players out there. So it was kind of one of those things, either you were a, a Nick Smith guy that was behind Darian Ford, or you were a D Ford guy. Not that you couldn't like both, but it was almost like, cause that 22 class was so talented. You couldn't pull for both of them almost. Cause it wouldn't have been fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so D Ford, and I coached the 15 U Hawks at 15 was number, he was the number seven player in the country. And we played them in real deal. And let's see, he had 36 against me and there was nothing I could do because he was six, five, two, then and just Mm. so strong and physical. We put a small guard, he took him down in the post, beat him up. Then we put a bigger, player on him and he just took him off the dribble and so all those guys sec coaches had already all they were already all over for because he was in that top 30 threshold before nick was there so Mm -hmm. they knew his game loved it they just felt like he was always a lock for arkansas so when he opened it back up clint like all those guys still most of those people were in the same positions 
and they were all over him because when Musselman put him on the court, he couldn't point to a ton of minutes, but he could point to production in the minutes he played because he was as productive as anybody. Yeah, he was. I, I thought he I thought he played well when he got in. Yep. No, but I'm happy he went to Arkansas State, and hopefully it ends up being huge. But, yeah. I mean, it's one of them things. He can go to Arkansas State, and then he can transfer right back to a bigger school if he wants to. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. I think those guys, you'll learn, when you put up numbers in college, you put that much time in, these guys really, the NBA will find you wherever you are. Yeah. They want to play and put up numbers. Those guys didn't put that much time in to sit the bench, and that's really what it comes down to. Okay. Yeah. Now, I have one more question. Yep. Um, and then I'll let Travis talk the rest of the show. Um, how excited is Must in the gang about getting Duke at Bud Walton? Oh, man. Listen. I mean, I mean, how excited? I mean, because when that was announced, I was like, like, I, we don't curse on the podcast, but I was like, holy shnikes. <laughs> yep. What like, he's thinking is, holy shnikes, what a great thing for recruiting. Oh, I was, your deal. Able- I, I was saying, Seth Pittman's got that one circled, too. Man, yeah. I mean, like, it doesn't get any better. Yeah. And so some coaches in that deal say somebody's got to lose the game, but there's no losers in that game. No. That's prime time against the top of the top. And now we're consistently going after the players that Duke's going after. Yeah. So it's a chance to really – so I think he's extremely excited. And coach like Coach Musselman, that's a real forward-looking guy, man, he's foaming at the mouth at that that's that's prime time that's as prime time as it gets right there yeah because i mean you when they have because it's like it never works out for arkansas on these things like never like we we usually get like oklahoma state like yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. hey go, go uh, we got we got the premier matchup i mean yep. yeah kentucky that, got that miami is, yep. yeah that, that is which is a good matchup but it that, is but, but not still. tradition but not no. tradition and that's what originally I thought, man, is North Carolina, because we played North Carolina a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and really big circumstances at the tournament had some really great games. But in the anniversary of the national championship, Duke, Arkansas, like that's that's yeah. that's a must have matchup right there. Yeah, for sure. Well, Bart, um, <clears throat> are there any high players in high school in Arkansas we need to be? Uh, some names we need to have our uh, antennas up for. Yeah, getting ready yep. to, to to listen about that are having yep. so good times for sure. So Vegas is coming up, and that's a huge. So it's the Las Vegas Classic. Most people know it as you know battle where the brands get together and they duke it out. Adidas Under Armour. So Coach Muss and staff will have a ton of players. So you'll have uh 2024 Honor Botang, 2024 Terry or 2025 Terry on Burgess. And then 2025 Luke Moore, which Luke Moore is the one of the combo guards at Central with Honor Botang. What's interesting about him, and they all play for the 2024 Hawks, which will be in Las Vegas. They're all Arkansas targets. Luke Moore, probably the most underrated of that, but was the first freshman in the Big East to ever be offered a scholarship when Mike was up at St. John's. So this is a guy that's really, really talented. Mm. So they'll be up there competing with the Arkansas Hawks. You have um, Seeley, which is Isaiah Seeley, which is from Springdale, which is not familiar down here yet, but he's a top 20 player in the country in the 2025 class. He's playing with the Hawks out there. So he normally plays for Mocan. He's he's coming and going to play with the Hawks. That's another Arkansas offer and Arkansas target. Mm-hmm. So, the, like I said, the in-state talent is abundant. Um, and, of course, you have J.J. Andrews and Jason Lanier uh, in that 2025-2026 class that are all Arkansas heart, uh, targets along with Jay Sean Hayes, which is be playing for Bradley Beal at Whitehall, and he's an Arkansas offer, and that's 2025. So, man, the Hogs have three to four targets per class, from 2024, 2025, 2026, are mm-hmm. offers out there. So they're coming up this summer. So I definitely keep my eye on those. Does Andrews play at Little Rock Central? I mean, Little Rock Christian. Little Rock Christian. Little Rock. Is Christian. He, he's pretty good, huh? He's good. He's good. So it's Sean Andrews' son. So he's mm-hmm. six five, really slash a lefty. 
goes inside, outside, really highly skilled, plays the game at a high level, super athletic. So, you know, Leroy Christian won the state championship. So him and Landron Blocker are on the same team. So Landron Blocker is Layden Blocker's brother, mm. who is, you know, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and he's got offers from everybody. Um, a power five talent. He's about six five, six six, more of a slasher, finisher. Um, but yeah, they're at Little Rock Christian uh together there. Now there's some rumors about prep school. I won't touch on that till it's official, but they're currently in state talent right now. Gotcha. Did you say Arkansas is in a good spot with them too? Yeah, I, I think uh, listen, uh, if as far as the, your immediate thing is honor Botang is absolutely blown up this summer. He is – he's went to the Adidas Select, so they put the Adidas Select camp together that goes over to Europe. He was one of the top five players there, uh, was on the first team. So he, he's gone through the USA mini camp, so he's in the finals to, to, to go to the FIBA championship. So he's blown up, guys. He's been putting it and doing it against the best. I think they're in great shape with him. Terion Burgess, same thing, Adidas Select. Went overseas, uh, went to the uh, competed against much older players, and did himself really well. I think they're in great position for both of those in-state players. Terion's at Benton, 6'9", 2025. Guy's barely 16 years old and hmm. plays Kevin Durant. So I think they're in great position for all those guys. They're also recruiting Trey Johnson out of Texas, Houston Hoops. So th- I think they're in great position to 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 be really down to the final two or three on a lot of these top five-star talents, potential McDonald's All-Americans too, by the way. And it's just wonderful that you're talking about all these guys. These are all Arkansas guys. So there, yeah. these are, uh, these are all within the state, you know, the state is doing just fine. Yeah. We, we are the 2025 guys. I won't say it's 2022 good, but it's pretty close. There are some really talented basketball players. Yeah. And if it if it's not necessarily the top tiers like the Nick Smiths and and that or in the Khalil Wares, the breadth and depth of the class as you get down to scholarship 10 and 11, man, these are still power five guys. So wow. it's loaded up, man. That's it's great. Loaded up. That that's great, man. That's 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 really good. And uh it's good to see. You know, it's it's good when Seems yeah. to mean more when the art to an Arkansas kid playing for Arkansas. Yeah, well, and and especially in these days of the portal and and all the different stuff, the more connections we can have to players in the state, kids that we're we're watching yeah. come up through the system and through the AU and through the high school playoffs, and you know, watching them on AETN play in the state finals and all yeah. that kind of stuff. You know that that makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. And it makes all the young kids, because they look up to all these kids. Like, you know, my son was looking up and working out with Nick Smith, and, you know, he wants to be Nick. And this stuff carries on, guys, to be younger, younger, younger. And and, and so Arkansas is in a good spot, man. And we're continuously putting out talent and hats off to people like Bill Ingram, who do a great job of putting people out and spending time and money. And, And it's not cheap to send these guys to Las Vegas taking 16, yeah. 17 kids out there for a week after you came back from oh, South yeah. Carolina. So uh, hats off to them for putting the kids on a on a showcase and giving them a chance to show their talents off. For sure. For sure. Well, man, um, Bart, we, we sure do appreciate you coming back on and, and talking some basketball with us, bringing your expertise. You yeah. know, there's one thing Clint brought up when we were talking earlier. I don't know if we were we – were, Oh, straight man, up and honest with you about just how good of basketball don't players. Don't even know. He don't you, even know. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't understand what know. kind of basketball players he's dealing with here. Because <laughs> you are looking at uh, half of the three on three champions from the Wooster First Baptist oh, basketball nice. tournament back in was it ninety five. I was thinking 95, 95. Yeah. So, so in 95, so I graduated. How old were you guys in 95? We we, well, we had just graduated high school. Okay. So we're – all right. So, so man, do you not – so on that, so do you not miss the outdoor aspect of basketball that oh, we yeah. had back then? Oh, yeah. 
Man, I, I'm telling you, I seriously, I, I don't look like it now. Okay, Bart. But I mean, I'm, I'm not, okay. I'm exaggerating on the, on the old three on three deal, but, um, we did win it like, though. We did, we did win. We did win it. But, yeah, yeah win. but there wasn't much, uh, <laughs> much other teams to. We're proud of. It. <laughs> I mean, I think I think we beat some like eighty-four year olds. But anyway, <laughs> but no, um, uh, man, I my senior year of high school, I had one class that I had to have right English first period, and we had a we had a principal that was real laid back. It was a nice day at lunch. I'm going around the lunchroom, getting a couple folks and I'd head to my church and I'd be playing basketball in my church parking lot for three hours. Yep. Just, and then I'd take my friends home, you know, so they could get home when their parents were expecting them home. Cause their parents didn't know they were skipping school. <laughs> so <laughs> like, we, right. Yeah. I mean, and that was every, that was at least three or four times a week. Every time we'd be in Conway, we'd be at Fifth Avenue Park, and there's Gatlin. Oh, yeah. We drop past Gatlin all the time. Oh, uh, man. The amount of just summer days I sent out there just shooting the ugliest shots you've ever seen. Yeah. There was, see a, there was a park in Conway. Fa- factor in is you're shooting outside. It's a different That's right. part. It's and they had the and they had the double rim, so it was a tough. Yes. It was a tough yeah. rim. You had to get some arc on it. It it, yep. it was very unforgiving. Yeah. And Absolutely. then we, we played at this, and this is where everybody played Gatlin Park in Conway. Corliss would come there and play. His uncle lived like right down the in the neighborhood, right next to it. Okay, I mean there'd yep. be people all over playing there. Okay, and you, of course you got to get there and you got to call ups and everything. Yep. Now, one end of the court, one goal was 10 foot, and the other one was about nine and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everybody played the uh, – everybody played the – well, we, we played the 20 by ones and twos, and then you would – at 10, once one team got to 10, you'd switch ends. Yes, okay. So yep. that way you played half the game on the – Yeah. On each, on each gram or whatever. So it's yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So – but we would play, man. That was before, you know, now Conway's got these indoor gyms that the city owns that, you know, people go there and play like crazy. But that was before all that, you know, before they had all that, we'd go to Conway and play, man. It was See, just play I for hours. The top players back in the day when I, you had to earn your stripes outside. You had to show you had outside game and inside game because people didn't respect people didn't respect your game like that if you couldn't do both that's right so these kids now act like it's a big deal to go outside man like we lived outside playing which is probably why we all have problems but i played way more outside than i ever played indoors now these kids they all know how easy they've got it uh because you take them outside the wind kicks up a little bit you're like guys go 20 minutes to hit a shot i'm like man that's how we played all the time baby you got to you gotta have a different game to you. So Plan yeah. had a goal at his house. Oh yeah. It was a rim attached to a road close sign. This <laughs> backboard. And that was nailed to a pine tree. But the O and the S was the square. And so you had to be perfect. And I'm the only one to ever beat him on the road close sign. Yeah, because I had a I had a hill I like to shoot off of. Because <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> level either. Oh, That's I guarantee right. you. Yeah, you're not going to shots out there. <laughs> and then at my house, I had a little – our driveway was kind of weird. And then there was – our house is built on a hill, built into a hillside. Yep. And so on a bad rebound, the ball's going rolling down into a little creek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I had to yeah, run that's down That's why we always go to his church because – That's right. I got tired of running that. So once we could drive, we'd go to the church. And it had – Yeah, just because it's We level. had a nice yeah. goal there. Uh, we had a uh, – welder in the church had built a nice 10 foot goal and yeah nice, but, but still outside man like exactly inside is just a different i don't know it's it's still basketball but i i do give the kids a hard time to yeah to know man it's physical out yeah. there outside buddy ones and we all went soft yeah oh yeah that's exactly hey i i agree with that a little bit and well, we you know we'd be at that gatlin park and of course Guys would see us, you know, 
big old dudes like us, you know, look like football players and they'd be like, nah, we're not going to play y'all. We're going to kill y'all, you know? And we'd have to talk some good trash to get them back on the court. <laughs> you know, well, I'll get, but, well, listen, when the, but when physicality takes over, it's a different – see, I played in the hand check rule, so I appreciate yeah. where – you know what I'm saying? You had two hands you could put – you could yeah. start with two hands. Now you put two hands, I yeah. tell the kids now, it's a foul automatically. I'm like, man, you started. That's where you started. You had two hands. Yeah. During 40 minutes of hell, you had two two hands on people all the time. Oh yeah. Well, that was only outside ball. That was the only way I could defend someone outside because they were going to outrun me. But that's right. I I had strong arms, so I could push them in front of me. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Make up my lack of quickness for that, you know. But yeah, it's uh, those were the days, man. Yeah, those were the days for sure. A lot of fun. But yeah, so you know, we didn't know if you knew that you you're dealing with a couple of champions here, okay? I, mean, hey, I know you've them. played your you won your AAU and all that stuff. You know, hey, yeah, you've never won. It doesn't compare to Wooster Street Ball, okay? Wooster, Arkansas. We okay. need to bring back a three on. We need to have a three on three tournament. I think yeah, that's right. I think you need to start that up. And the big, the big C, bigger T, three on three. I guarantee you'd have some turnout there because I think people want to see that ball and they certainly want to play it again. You know, well, hey, man, and now it's on Ice Cube's got that deal going in that league. Yeah. You don't yep. see three-on-three tournaments. Of course, you know, I, I just – I don't look either because not like I'm like – I'm yep. not researching. You don't really see that. Like, Hoop Fest was such a big deal. Oh, man. Like, you have old hogs coming back playing in Hoop Fest, you know. Yeah. Yep. Hoop mean, Fest, like, and we always played in – I always played in Toad Jam every year. Yeah. Conway. That was a huge one. Yeah. You know, and they they eventually, guys, they moved that. So I I remember I played until Jim. They moved that indoors. Yeah. Oh yeah. It started playing again at, at the the I think at the Donaghy Center there. But yeah. Yeah. That Man, Don Owens. That. Don yeah. Owens. You you don't yeah. see that anymore, guys. There's no no. And all the top players played outside. That's why I tell the, the yeah. kids it wasn't like just the street. Everybody played outside. When I first started. And, and this is after it had been going for a while. Because Toad Jam first started, they played at Toad Suck Park. And I never played there. And they just had some rollaway goals. But then they did it downtown Conway. And they would just play it on side streets. And they would shut off a little side street and then mark it off with chalk. Yep. On a, and have a roll bunch of rollaway goals out there. You know, the little, Like Hoop Fest. Like yeah, Hoop Fest. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. And we'd just play out there, and then um, then they took it to uh, the, to UCA. We started playing in UCA's gym and on the side baskets. And, that, of course, that was kind of fun because they had that rubber yeah. floor. Yep. You know, and, and, I mean, I couldn't jump much anyway, but you I'd get about three inches higher on that. Yeah, that rubber on, floor is bouncy, yeah. And you sure. could on any, you know, on, a, on, yep. on wood or whatever. So, anyway. Yeah good times well seriously bart thanks so much man i love talking talk basketball yeah. with you all day long yeah but thanks, thanks for, for um, thanks, info pre- yeah and uh Anytime. enjoy your trip to vegas hope that goes well for you and, yeah uh, hope uh yep. the arkansas teams that you're part of do well there yeah i'll keep you uh i'll keep you posted i'm out there i'll i'll shoot yeah. y'all a text i'll I'll, I'll try to get some stats there for you. So cool, that'd be great. A little, a little advice from you: if you decide at the casino, yep, the only machine that's gonna pay out is gonna be the ATM. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, hey, I'm telling you, that's, that's why there's so much stuff to spend your money. I'm I'm a sports better. I don't I'm not good at the games, but listen, if I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play blackjack. When they start getting up fifty dollars a hand, guys, that can happen <laughs> in a hurry. Yeah. I, 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 I'll play the quarter hand blackjack on the video. I, See, that's what I'm going to go to. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Hey, good thanks, one. Uh, folks, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Let your people know. And uh, have a great week. Bye. Swear. What? Harvest her kingdom come
Come on. 